Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Please close your eyes, turn around, and count to nine. When you open them, I will be gone. And welcome to another episode of the SD4L show. I'm Justin Thin, sitting here with me on every like maximum dosage of pre-workout is you know Matt Sheehan. That's right. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm fine. I'm yeah. doing well. How are you doing, Justin? Good. No one Good. ever asks how you're doing. How are you? You doing okay? I, I believe you ask me every week, yeah, unless okay. I'm mistaken. Well, I, I black out every show, yeah. so I don't really know this what happens. So. Oh, well, here's, for, here's to another one. <laughs> Let's get it popping. So, um, as we know, the Michigan State basketball season ended last week. Uh, um, yeah. In the Sweet 16. What Good a run. run. Yeah. Fun run, for Solid. sure. For Solid. sure. And um, kind of here to talk about that run and just the season as a whole. We figured we might as well have someone that was actually part of the run. Sure. And uh, on that note, today we are joined right off the top with Michigan State freshman center, Carson Cooper. Carson, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm uh, happy to be here. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on. It's a good start then. There we go. Yeah. I think you set a record for <laughs> tallest guest to appear on SD4L. So with that said, my first question is, how annoyed do you get at people who ask you how tall you are or point out your height as if it's breaking news to you? Does it get old after a little bit? Uh, I think it, I think it kind of depends on what kind of mood I'm in for the day. Okay. Some days it's like, it's pretty cool and like I, I haven't got tired of it yet, but then some days when I'm, I'm a little cranky, it might be like, all right, you need like, do you think it's one of those good days today, Justin? Do you, do you think he's having a good day so far? I, I, I hope, hope so, man. Otherwise, you've <laughs> already made him mad. One question into the interview. <laughs> That's what I do. Yeah, perfect. Roaring start here. There yeah. we go. But I, I think after you get the 11th question of someone asking you that like on the day, like it's not even lunchtime and like nine people have asked you how tall yeah. you are, I think that's probably where it really gets irritating. But I wouldn't know I'm 5'8", so yeah. I, yeah, I would not. That counts no. as six foot, Matt, if anyone ever asks. Just Rounding up, baby. There six foot go. in Tim's. Love it. Um, so, Carson, one of the things that's been really intriguing about, um, obviously, our whole journey here is at the end of your recruitment, sort of the last month or so, um, at least to Michigan State fans and, and us us in the recruiting circles, we kind of were not expecting Michigan State to add a, another high school big man. And suddenly out of nowhere, here's Coach Izzo taking a risk on you all the way down in Florida. Not that many offers. Obviously, as you know, recruiting these days, everyone's looking at rankings and offers and all of that. How can you kind of detail that month for you? And was it expected when Coach Izzo reached out? What was your plan instead if Michigan State didn't reach out? What was that month like for you? I guess the final month of your recruitment. Um, no, it was it was a uh, – I mean, it was a really stressful month just because, like, I had to make a big decision. My two, my two decisions were pretty simple for me. Honestly, it was 
it was take one of my mid-major offers I had. Okay. Or do a post-grad year and play for the IMG national team. Um, and I think at that time, I was kind of moving towards the post-grad team. Mm-hmm. Just because I knew, like, I wanted to play at, like, the high major level. Right. So then I ended up, you know, I was playing with the Florida Rebels to kind of, like, see what I could get sparked. And then, like, Izzo came out to one of the showcases. Like, me not thinking anything of it, I was like, oh, my God. Like, like Izzo's here. <laughs> like, he's probably looking at, like, one of our other players. And then, like, I don't know, a week later, we um, assistant reached out to me. And, and it was it was insane. Like, that, like, he came down, talked to me. He said, like, he wanted to get down and see me work out. Came down. Uh, it was kind of funny. They, they, he, he, he told me he was really happy what he saw, but he couldn't tell me for sure if they had a scholarship available. So he was kind of waiting to see if if, if he went back and Izzo was like still like okay with bringing me on. Right. But uh, well, like obviously it was like really late. So like after after I got on campus, my official like I knew I knew for sure I knew coming up to my official that it was right. like this is where I was going. Um, but no, it was like unreal just how quickly everything happened and, um, and, uh, and to see like everyone's reactions. Cause it was, it was, uh, there were some, there were some positive and negatives out there, but yeah. it was, it was pretty cool. <laughs> so yeah. speaking of quick, how quick was it from you getting the offer from Michigan state to you saying, yeah, that sounds about, yeah, let's go for it. Was <laughs> it like within the hour? Was it within a day or how quick was this turnaround for you? Um, no, it was, it was probably the same phone call with the assistant that I had okay. on there with uh, Coach Loach. He, he he was talking to me about it, and I and he was like, um, he I Loki was like getting intimidated talking with him because he was so like, um, <laughs> he 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 was kind of coming off as a little arrogant a little bit, but like at this level you have to be to like sure, really yeah. get these get what you what you need out of these guys. So he he was really gr- grilling me like I need to make sure like this is what you want to do, like right. this is where you want to play, and I was like yeah like. This is this is this is what I want. So he, like, I, I basically told him that first phone call, like, this is what I want to do. So easy as that. that. Yeah, that's a great story right there. And I know back then some fans were kind of saying, "Oh, Michigan State needs to go to the portal. They need to go to the portal." So when they when they saw that that is a one after you, I think that's kind of why some of the negative reactions were there. But now, kind of after seeing you in that USC game and just the season you had, I think a lot of people are starting to see why Coach Izzo went the direction that he did and the long-term potential and the contributions you can make. But I guess coming into this season, um, I don't know what you thought the plan was, but I know Coach Izzo was saying to media that possibly redshirting was an option. Then as uh, you had spent more and more time on campus and the season was getting closer, he was starting to walk that back. And he's saying, no, like this is a kid that can kind of play probably sooner than, than we thought. What was kind of the plan from when you got on campus and how long after that did it change? Or were there, was there really not ever a plan and you were just like, hey, we'll see what happens? Yeah. Um, like, I, I call myself, like, a humble guy. But when I got on campus, like, I knew that redshirting was, like, the plan. And I was 100% mm-hmm. okay with that. Like, a right. full year of development with, with Michigan State would have been, like, it would have been fine. Like, right, um, yeah. But but for me, I just kept thinking, like, I'm in this position, like, I'm just going to keep, you know, working and see what happens. Like, just try to um, show people that, like, some things they haven't seen, like, they haven't seen on the basketball court in, in high school and AAU. So, like, during the summer, I just, like, worked my butt off and um, and, and showed them that I could kind of compete at this level. And then, obviously, it worked out in the end for me. But 
I would say so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're kind of learning on the fly here, you know, developing throughout your year. We love breaking people's game down, of course, but let's talk to the guy himself. Where do you think you improve the most at throughout this season in your freshman year? Um, honestly, I would just like I would say that just my overall confidence and feel for like playing with these guys was probably the biggest thing I could take away. Um, obviously, I'm like we didn't the bigs this year weren't the main scoring option. Sure. Um. Yeah. But I think defensively, like me being able to get on the court and play some four in the in this season was really helpful. Um, being able to like defend like, against other guys and, and 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 be like a shot blocker at the rim, I think I think that was a big step for me um, to get on the court. Even though like I'm not going to be like the main scoring option, which is I'm okay with that. But just anything I can do to get some minutes. So sure, yeah. So I guess kind of going through that whole development and, and getting better each day, it led you to that um, great stretch of minutes that you had, or just the whole great game actually against USC. What was that like? What was going through your head when you saw yourself just consistently playing great defense, getting rebounds, kind of everything coming to fruition for you, all your hard work? What was that like? I mean, yeah, it was unreal. Like, like, I, like I, I just kept thinking um, in the locker room after the game, I was like, a year a year ago, like, I didn't know where I was playing, and now I'm, like, contributing to March Madness games, like, yeah. to, to go to a Sweet 16. I'm like, so it, it was just unreal, um, like a dream kind of, but at the same time, I like, I just, I didn't really think about that when I was playing. I just thought about right. it as, like, another game. And then, um, like, obviously it just kept coming to me, and then I just – I just kind of let um, my, my confidence and take over a little bit, and I think that's when I put my best basketball. Yeah. Now, I got a serious question first, but before that, I, I need you to get me out of jail here, Carson. So I, I'm an older guy. I'm, I'm washed. I got a kid, all that good stuff. And that USC game was during my kid's nap time, and I was quiet for the most part. <laughs> Your tip slam, though, I don't. it wasn't a yell. It wasn't a shriek. I, it was like some noise that a human's never made before. I did it at the top of my lungs, and... <laughs> This is as, like, my kid was going down. My wife wasn't thrilled necessarily with my behavior. And then I think I said to her, like, blame Carson Cooper. He just did that. So um, do you mind apologizing? Do, do, do you mind wearing this for me? I, I know we just met. but Yeah, like, I'll take it. Like, you. Okay. You, you can show that. this to your wife. Like, that's my, that's my bad. Uh, I'll take that one. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm glad I'm vindicated. That. But, uh, and on a serious note. Hey, what are you going to work on for this offseason? I mean, is, is it just refining the post moves? Is it, I saw on Twitter before uh, the Sweet 16 game that you're knocking a three or two down Madison Square Garden. Is that going to be part of your package? Or what is the biggest emphasis for you in this offseason here? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. We had our uh, we had our team evaluation, like end of the year evaluation meetings with Coach today. So it was, um, it was really cool to sit down with him and have a little like session where he kind of talked to me about what I need to re really work on. But uh, for him, it was it was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot more weight room. So getting okay. in the weight room, trying to gain these uh, twelve to fifteen pounds, um, but still be still be able to move my feet as well as I can. Um, so that's going to be a big focal point this summer. But uh, basketball wise, I'd probably say like you know getting, um, you know, hopefully we can hit. We can not, we start knocking down some threes. But I'd say we probably work from fifteen feet. Yeah. And then uh, get a little get a little confidence down in the post. So I think um, just like offensively, it's gonna be it's gonna be a big summer for me to work. Um, just like all around. 
So yeah. by 2024 in Maui, like that's when you're going to start splashing baseline yeah. threes home. Got yeah. it. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to jot that down here yeah. real quick. All right. I like that. So Carson, <laughs> what, uh, I mean, you don't have to tell us the specifics of your conversation, but what kind of goes on at these exit meetings? Is it just pretty much wh- Hey, what, what can I do to get better? Or are there other topics? Like what is the general sort of takeaways from these sort of meetings at the end of the year? Yeah, it's, it's really about how you thought you, you did this year. Um, you kind of, you know, you want to see once what you thought and then, you know, um, like, what do you think you're struggling with? Um, being able to, to find out like what your weaknesses are and self-evaluate what he tells us is the hardest thing to do. Um, and then, you know, just, you know, tell us what, uh, we want to hear and what we want to get better at, what he thinks we should get better at. Um, but other than that, it was it was pretty straightforward. But okay, and I saw here on the bio on MSUSpartans.com that your first job was making pizzas, which that's what I'm talking about <laughs> right there. What's more difficult? <laughs> is it dealing with a crabby customer that doesn't love their pizza, or is it guarding someone like Zach Eady? Like, what's what's more difficult in your opinion um, between the two? Um, I don't know. I've I've gotten distracted a couple times making pizzas, and oh. you know it's, it's been kind of stressful. But no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, honestly, I couldn't like guard Zach Eady and guys like that. Like we, I mean, I'd say Big Ten bigs were were the best in the country this year. Yeah, so yeah, correct. Me being a freshman and, and guarding and guarding those those players like Trace and and Zach and I mean, and Hunter. Like every every possession I'm guarding them is really making me better. Um, and that's that's why I I. I didn't want to redshirt after that just because I knew like every experience right. and every moment I was on the court is going to, it's going to help in the future. But yeah, um, right on. But yeah, little, little, little Caesars was the spot. That was oh, where I was at. That so. is my favorite spot. Oh man. Oh my god. I got a new favorite player in the team. <laughs> yeah. I think the, oh, there's, not a, there's not a week that goes by where she doesn't tweet a picture of little yeah. Caesars out and saying my life is a movie yeah. every single week. That's just what his brand has become. I'm smashing uh, this Friday and probably Saturday too. If we're going to be honest. Yeah. Honestly, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I haven't, I haven't had little Caesars since I, <laughs> since I quit there. Oh, I, I think I've had, so I had too much. <laughs> Dang it. Uh, <laughs> well, there you go. Well, hey, catch me rocking a 15 jersey, but on the back it says Caesars yeah. uh, at Preston Center next year. It's going to be <laughs> sick. Gonna That's be awesome. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I think, Shane, you got a couple more fun questions for, for Carson as well. Well, the bio wasn't done at the pizza mm. making. Uh, it lists that you have driving stick shift as a hidden talent. I don't even have a creative question for that. Just what? How? What? <laughs> like, how did that even come to be? Tell me about um, that, how that how that came up. Yeah. So my mom's side of the family, uh, my grandpa and both my uncles, they basically grew up working on cars. My grandpa's 67, 68, still works on cars. Like that's a that's his thing. So he's got all like the uh, he's got all the fun toys over at at his house. So I probably learned when I was like probably 12 or 13 really how to get the basics down. And then like it started off with some, some junker car that like I don't think had two doors on it. It was just like <laughs> half a battle. We were driving up and down his long driveway. And then, uh, um, and then you know, once I got some confidence there, I got to, I got to hop in his, his Corvette a couple of times and drive that. And so it was just, mm. I don't know, it's a fun town I, I got to pick up early. And uh, I'm low-key glad I, you know. Yeah, I got to learn it, so I don't know. I, I can mad. barely drive automatic, so that's 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 impressive, man. That's that's incredible. I got two quick questions, uh, and we're going back to the bio here. It says your favorite movie is Wolf of Wall Street. Nice little 
family-friendly movie right there. Uh, teammate <laughs> most likely to tr turn into Jordan Belfort, if you had to put it on one person. M minus, you know, the, the drugs and everything like that. Just like financial, who's yeah. financially driven on this team? That's, that's what we're looking for. Um, man. Honestly, I... I'd probably say, I'd probably say Malik just because I feel like okay. he's just the more like, uh, like straightforward, like mentally strong guy, like just always like want to like get to the next step. But like how, like like the mental part, I'd probably say AJ, like like okay. just how like crazy he was, like he was always like always talking, <laughs> always doing something, but. <laughs> yeah, so so Malik or AJ will be the next Matt Ishbia, yeah. and we expect yeah. a thirty-two million dollar donation <laughs> in twenty-five years. <laughs> Mark it down, actually sharpie it down. Uh, yeah. So last thing I got for you, you mentioned that you're trying to gain twelve to fifteen pounds in the off season. I'm sure that's muscle. I'm sure that's lifting. But let's say hypothetically we had to do it off food in East Lansing. Mm. What is your strategy here? Do you lock yourself in Brody for a week? Do you go to Barrio, Justin's mm. favorite? Or Eastside Fish Fry, Eastside Fish favorite. Fry. Are we going to crawl? No, to you, already, you already got me. Here? You already okay. got me at Barrio. Mm. There we go. I've spent, like, I've, spent, I've spent too much money there. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I think... Uh, they, I mean, they keep getting they keep getting you with those rate prices, but I, <laughs> it, like, I'll go What's there. What's the go-to Barrio and, order? I'm a so I'm a hard shell guy, but okay. but I I like the uh, I like the shrimp and and Mar and cold cold marinated steak over there. I like to okay. pull up on the protein and and add some little add some add some salsa and rice. So I don't know. I I can eat, if after like a practice, I can go down there and, and probably oh, devour yeah. six or seven. Oh yeah, I haven't I haven't been back to East Lansing in the last like two years without going back to Barrio. Like every wow. single trip in the last yeah. two two years, I've had a Barrio stop. It's always the same order: the bombshell, that's with the bacon and the hard shell and yeah. the soft shell, Sounds all wrapped great. on the outside. The spice rub chicken, crack sauce, whatever else you want to put in, whatever. But those are the fundamental pillars of my order that never change. Yeah, and that's can't go wrong that's. With those. That's where they took me for my first dinner on my on my official. That's where they took me with the coaches and everything. That was my first 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 official dinner in East Lansing, Barrio. It was amazing. Yeah, I would have committed on the spot too. And I believe his roommate Jackson Kohler also said the same thing about Barrio. He mm. loves it. We're doing a full court press now to get Barrio to throw an NIL deal out here to as we should to, to these two gentlemen yeah. here. So we're we're gonna try. We'll clip this up. Send I got it minimal to pull, but I'm gonna try my best. So <laughs> we're gonna see what we could do here. Yeah. Right? So for my new favorite player on the team, that's right, Mr. Little Caesars himself. Yeah. Carson Cooper. That's uh, right. Carson, my last question for you: If you had to guess, how many clipboards has Coach Rizzo broken since you've gotten to campus? And then we'll tell you what Jackson said. So we'll see how off you guys yeah. are on your guesses. We're going to meet in the middle here. <laughs> Man, he's probably – I'd say he probably – he'd probably break one every other game. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So that's 17 right Which there. probably yeah. isn't as bad as you think, but uh, – Yeah, probably <laughs> – I'd say – I'd probably, I'd probably say 15, to be honest. Oh, okay. That's perfect. Jackson said 12 to 15, okay. didn't he? Well, you guys are on the same oh, yeah, okay. wavelength then. That's perfect. I think then. so. We got a yeah, double yeah. source. Uh, perfect. There we go. Nice. There we go. Well, Carson. He makes up awesome. for it. He makes up for it when he goes. Oh, sorry. He no, makes no, up no, for no, it when no, he goes. No. Um, go uh, uh, when he, I think he broke three in the uh, in the Purdue game. <laughs> so that was. <laughs> That's a tough yeah. day at the office. Yeah. That's uh, well. I'm oh, sure well. Shan, you broke some things that day too. 
Oh, just my heart. That, yeah. That's all. That's that's all. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I I took it just silently. That's yeah. okay. Like like a well-adjusted adult. Well-adjusted yeah. adult. Yeah. Uh, actually, Carson, one yeah. last question because Coach Izzo, bringing him up, just kind of uh, put this in my head. What what can you say about Coach Izzo um, to people that kind of just just wonder what he is like from the outside? Someone that took a shot on you when a lot of people across the country, you know, you said mid-major kind of was your other option. So there were all these other programs that had a chance, probably saw you, didn't offer you. Just thinking about it from that perspective and kind of the chance he took on you, how would you describe Coach Izzo? Um. He's, I mean, that's, it's probably one of the, the guys I respect most, like, that I've ever met, just because of the fact that, um, like, what you said, like, he took a chance on me, uh, like, my numbers really didn't make up for what people thought would Michigan State Big would look like just out of high school, um, but the fact that he, he respected my, my move to IMG away from home, um, and he, and he loved that I was, like, from Jackson, like, 30 minutes away, like, like why like why would I transfer out um from somewhere that's that's that I grew up around um but the, like even those days that like you know he gets a little chippy at you and and and, and all that you just always got to think that he, he's doing it he's doing it for the best of you he's doing it for your future um because he wants the best for you but yeah great yeah. stuff well Carson we're we're excited that that you're here we're excited that coaches took that chance we're excited that you decided to to take the leap of faith and come to Michigan State and looking forward to all that you can accomplish in the coming years and hopefully we can have you on soon yeah all said yeah I appreciate you I appreciate you guys at that time tonight. it's fun yeah. to be yeah. we'll try to connect you and Barrio together we'll, we'll <laughs> see we'll we'll try our best we're, we're gonna try we're gonna try <laughs> yeah, appreciate, you, awesome. appreciate you yeah thank you Lots of well-deserved offseason coming for that young man yeah. and a lot of those players on the team. Um, yeah. Because that, that's a long season, 34 games. Yeah. That's a while. Goes into March. Um, yeah, so well-deserved As it does around guys. As it does around here. As it does, typically. yeah. That's kind of a trend here. Yeah. Uh, and the right March tournament, too. Right. That's right. You want to be on yeah. the right side of things Not the not-invited tournament. But, uh, negative. Right. Um, Carson Cooper, just a story there of, of, of Izzo going to IMG with, I think it was after even the late signing period, going ahead and getting someone who, as he even kind of said, his options were to do a post-grad year at IMG or go the mid-major route. Yeah. And he's coming in here. He's playing against USC in the round of 64, locking guys down on defense, getting putbacks and rebounds on, on offense. Just the story there and the, the quick development arc there, I think that right there shows you kind of the is a way. Everyone else can be yelling about the portal. Everyone else can be going around throwing backs to five stars that don't really do much even at Duke. Sure. And you suddenly have a kid here that really everyone overlooked. Coach Izzo said, hey, I'm going to bet on this kid. I don't care what anyone on social media says. I don't care what any of the reports say. I don't care about his rankings. I don't care about his offers. And that's kind of why he is who he is. And Carson has done a great job already kind of uh, giving some return on investment with that decision by Coach Izzo. And you can tell by, by just his mindset. You can tell by his measurables, by um, the taste we saw against USC, that he's yep. well on his way to having a successful career here at Michigan State, I would say. And I just love the beginning of that story, too, where, yeah. hey, oh, Izzo's here at IMG. That's, that's cool. Wonder, yeah. wonder who he's here to see. <laughs> 
Oh, it's me. <laughs> oh my, how, how about that? So, no, that's that's a really cool story, really great. And yeah, of course, a hometown kid. I mean, everyone thinks IMG. Oh, from Florida. Like, no, yeah. that's that's Jackson, Michigan. That, yeah. that is right in Izzo's uh, backyard, so to speak. So, yeah, awesome to see him thrive. And uh, it, it's hard to wrap up a season better than having your best game right. of your freshman season than in the NCAA tournament against for sure. USC. Peaking so, at the right time, for sure. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So. Oh, where do you want to steer the conversation next, Justin? Where are you going to drive this car? Do you do stick shift or no? Are you no, I do not. It took me three days to put the bumper back on my car after yeah. I decided to do okay. a do-it-yourself project that Good. wasn't exactly do-it-yourself. So Sweet. That's the last time I will be playing around with, um, I don't even know what those types of wrenches are called, so I cannot even finish that sentiment. Yeah, that no tells you why it took me three uh, days to put it back together. Perfect. There um, we go. Nice. So, no, absolutely not a stick shift guy, okay. not a car guy. Anyone that okay. is a car guy Mad or respect. a car person, honestly, what are you doing? Well, why? <laughs> okay. Come up with a better hobby with your time. Um, the masochist. That's right. I don't know. What, what were we talking about before I got infuriated uh, by my last three end days. of the basketball season or mm. just looking ahead to next one where where do you want to steer this car i think over? we can put a bow on okay. the previous um right. kind of season that just ended and sure. whether they met expectations or, or things of that nature that we can kind of talk about next year sure yeah so i guess matt before the season started what was your expectation of michigan state uh, do you want me to describe the season? Because that's pretty much what happened here. Like, double by <laughs> yep. in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, right. and obviously, okay, that <clears throat> didn't go great necessarily. But, yeah, double by in the Big Ten tournament. Um, of course, you wanted them to be at the top of the Big Ten. I think asking them to win the whole thing may have been a stretch. Right. I know other fans feel differently than that. This is Michigan State. After all, you do expect banners in the rafters after every season. But based on where this team was, not just last year, but the last two years, we just needed a step back to normalcy in any way and that also included getting out of the first weekend in March Michigan State ended the season just outside the top 25 they ended the season as one of the 16 teams standing and also too before the tournament even starts in the AP poll uh, Andy Katz had a ranking the coaches poll like MSU was once again just right on the outside of the top 25 so yes we had the ops of oh my god the Kentucky game Oh, this is great. They did awesome. <laughs> they just barely lost to Gonzaga, who's also a top three team. So we thought really high. And then you had the low lows during the <clears throat> injury slumps. And then at the end, you put all those ingredients together. And, well, it, it spit out what everyone thought this season would be. And, yeah. you know, luckily this did progress past the first weekend. Right. Got that short little itty-bitty streak broken. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I, that's kind of what my expectations were. Very well said. Yeah. For me, I kind of had three check check, mark, okay. check boxes on what I wanted to see out of this season. The first one was finish in the top four of the Big Ten. Yep. I think I predicted them to finish exactly fourth before the – I think they did – yeah, they did finish yep. fourth because they were the last double Nailed by. Um, I was wrong on where Illinois would finish. I thought it would be Purdue and Illinois at the top two. Yeah. And then I right. figured somebody else from that bunch of log jam teams, yeah. teams would finish third and then Michigan State fourth. Um, so they, they checked that box. Um, ending that two tournament streak of not having gone past the first weekend was the second thing on my list. And third was significant development from one of the three kind of question mark centers coming into this yeah. year so that we have a clear direction at center. I don't know if a particular center emerged um, from the mix above the rest, but you saw strides from all three of them. And I think you see potential with, with these guys. So I would say that's mostly, mostly a check check mark there as well. So for me, the season pretty much met expectations in that regard. I know as the season begins to wrap up and you start to believe in 
slightly higher expectations yeah. than maybe you came into the season with that might lead to a little bit of disappointment at the end like for example if you go to overtime against that Kansas State team and you're starting to see the rest of the field which first of all I think that people have very underestimated Florida Atlantic um, oh they're the, a squad right yeah. and, uh, the, yeah. the sentiment that oh you, Michigan State was an overtime away from playing in the national title game possibly I don't put any sort of stock in that I think that you can say they had a shot a very good shot yeah but this is not any sort of a guarantee Florida Atlantic before the tournament even started was 13th and net before they picked up these wins against the Tennessees of the world it's crazy they had yeah. they had the tied most amount of wins in all of college basketball with Houston before the tournament started yep. they were drastically underseeded as a nine so this was a team that very well easily could have beaten Michigan State. They were more well-rounded than Kansas State. Uh, yeah. And um, the San Diego State team that's now playing in the Final Four. Deep. Just tons and tons of seniors. Deep. I think their top yeah. nine leading scorers are seniors, if yes. I'm not mistaken. Uh, beat the top overall seed in Alabama. So I, I don't really look at it as a huge wasted opportunity. Possibly you could say, hey, there was a shot to get a ninth Final Four here. Yeah. But I'm not looking at this season as, Oh my gosh, they could have won Izzo second in any way, shape, or form. There's some great teams coming out there from the West. Now, UConn was the one that ended up um, being that team. I think UConn's going to win the national title if I had to predict it today. And um, even if it wasn't UConn and you run the simulation again, whether it's Gonzaga or UCLA even, yeah. I'm not ready to say Michigan State is is um, just head and shoulders better than some of those teams. So. For me at the end, I don't know if it was that disappointing as some make it seem. I can see some wasted opportunity left there, but as a whole, putting a bow on the season, no complaints for me. No, I get it. And with that said, is it too early to start talking about like it next, is not too early. Next season expectations? Not, we were talking about <laughs> next season's expectations before this season even, this past season. Uh, you're so. not wrong. You are not wrong. So what is it going to have to be for you? Because for me, I'll keep it very short. you got to win one of two banners, the Big Ten regular season title, or a Final Four um, to deem it a success. And I know that's, that's, that's lofty. That, that's, that's high expectations. Let's not get it twisted here. I know I'm asking a lot here as a fan. It's just sitting behind a microphone, but... I kind of see the vision for it. I yeah. I see the vision for it. Yeah, I agree. I think um, it kind of depends on who comes back. Um, That's fair. I guess I should be a little patient. Yeah. But I, I yeah. believe if you're kind of thinking, hey, Tyson Walker is most likely back, um, and then the guys that are coming in can, can hold um, a lot of minutes, uh, give a lot of depth that yep. Michigan State hasn't had the last few years, then I guess you can kind of start having those high expectations because – you look at Tyson Walker and AJ Hogarth coming back, two senior guards, one who's a fifth-year senior guard. What's the formula to success in March for the most part, Matt? Senior guards. Guards by any chance? Yeah. Senior guards. I would say so. So we're looking at those two guys there. You're going to have, um, I guess, the four spot is kind of a little, is a little question mark, but... Xavier Booker, possibly Malik Hall, maybe a transfer now that Pierre Brooks has entered the uh, entered the portal. That position, I think, can take care of itself to the point where you have Aikens, Walker, Hogar most likely at the other three spots. That team can win the Big Ten next year. I believe so. I would say so. And um, I don't know. I think uh, you get one of these guys at center to make a pretty big leap um, or Booker comes in and plays a little better than, than I'm expecting. I sure. think he's a little more of a work in progress than some people realize. But if, if one of those two things happen, yeah, I think a Final Four is, is definitely there. And um, hey, why not a why not a national title? I guess if if you look at kind of the formula behind good defense, 
back good backcourt senior leadership continuity I don't know I think um, it's too early to say that's an expectations you should never say we expect to win a national title especially in a format of the of the NCAA tournament but I think a winning a banner next year is a good good way to articulate it by you can I be a greedy fan for one more thing on my list no you can't okay I'm no, the next topic. <laughs> go ahead Get a seed, a one seed or a two seed, uh, or maybe a three seed if the committee's nice to you, that gets you in that Detroit region. Mm, mm-hmm. I want to see mm-hmm. the boys play at Little Caesars Arena again. Mm-hmm. Oh, arena. Want... arena? Arena, arena, arena. Little Caesars place. <laughs> with that. Uh, I would like it to not end, like the 2018 game I was at. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I would like to get back to the regional, the hometown, make it the hometown team as you yeah. hopefully carve your way to the final That's a four. very good point. That's an Thanks. opportunity yeah. that's there. I tried. You would like to. You yeah. would like to take advantage of that. Just thinking like a fan, which is what I think I do best. So just selfish is what I'm doing. I, yeah, I think Being um, very selfish. I think we see. I guess um, all across the tournament, kind of there's teams that are close by, and they get the the fan support. And these teams like USC, wake up, play uh, a noon game local time, coming all the way across the country. I don't know if that, that played a role in, in the outcome, but <laughs> yeah, it didn't hurt. It can't hurt. <laughs> it didn't right? hurt. You, you'll take that. So I, I think yeah. that's something that would they would be wise to take advantage of and set themselves up with some consistent play towards the end of the regular season for sure. Switching sports time. I think it is that time. We're we going to the gridiron. The gridiron. Because it's spring ball time, baby. That's right. Oh God, fun times. It just never ends here in East Lansing, does it? Nope. We're one sport to the next. Um, there are some position battles there are some storylines there were some quotes said by jay johnson where, where do you want to take this first you want to talk position battles do we talk about the number one position battle on everyone's mind quarterbacks or do we work our way up there what do you want to do here uh, yeah i think uh, any of those places are good to start um probably uh, i guess the quarterback position is, the, is the one on everyone's mind cut to the chase um yeah. i guess for me the most important position battle would be punter but oh well i guess that's not what the people want you but, joke about that but uh kind of having both eyes on that battle, yeah. big time I think scared. We'll see. I think Ryan Eckley, I believe. I think. I think we'll see. We'll Is he see him? What he can do. Is we'll he see. him? We'll find out. Well, I don't want to speak out of turn yet, but mm, okay. Right. Learning under Berenger for a year, I think might have might have gotten him ready, but we'll see. Cannot help or cannot hurt. I should say. Yeah. Cannot hurt. Yeah. So, but yeah, no quarterback position, as you alluded to, the quote by Jay Johnson um, saying Kaitlin Hauser took a big step in uh, yep. the first scrimmage, but they're not in any rush to announce a. Uh, winner and the fact that all three quarterbacks are taking equal reps. Um, I, I believe that was the gist of his comments. Um, so that kind of puts a bow on where that battle stands right now. One scrimmage in. Yep. Um, I guess, Matt, what are you kind of hoping to hear or hmm. what are your expectations before the fall? And then I'll kind of tell you if that is something that we can hopefully see as attainable or not by then. I just want the best guy to win the job. Okay. How okay. about that? Was that good? Yeah, that's good. That good. That's good. That's good. Um, <clears throat> I think I follow the majority of the fan base here, and I am intrigued by the future of perhaps Kaden Hauser. Right. So with that said, though, okay, if, if Peyton wins the job, then, like, yeah, I think he's clearly earned the job. I don't think they're just going right. to hand away the job all willy-nilly because, oh, yeah, he's the oldest guy here. Like, no, yeah. clearly there is something to be said if he wins the job. And Jade Johnson also said, too, that, like, Peyton has a little bit more in his ceiling that we're going to see if he could hit in this offseason. But, yeah, I mean, no disrespect to Noah Kim. He did play solid when he came in last year, but – yeah, I, I am a little twinkly-eyed at, you know, the the big next thing, and that is the four-star from California, Kaden Hauser. And, you know, you hear about the arm talent. You hear that, well, from Jay Johnson, things are slowing down for him. 
You heard that he shined at the scrimmage last weekend. You know, pretty solid numbers in the weight room as well. And it's like, you know what? Maybe this is a time to flip the page. And uh, also, you know, it's exciting for this year. But also, well, that means that even next year, right. it'll be even better. And dare I say, the year after that could be even mm -hmm. better. So just let's start the growth right now. It's kind of where I'm at. But yeah. then again, if it comes out that either Kim or Thorne has won this thing, I mean, I'm not going to be throwing my coffee mug against the drywall. I'll be like, wow, okay. Not wait. until the first incompletion of week one. That yeah, is. Oh, uh, yeah, on like a 40-yard bomb. Yeah, yeah, that just is right outside the fingertips. Yeah, yeah. we'll be going crazy. Yeah. Um, but until then, right. I'll be rational about it. Yeah, yeah. I think um, kind of in terms of how I'm looking at it, um, I guess I should have been more clear in my question to you. Oh, she I does was... not do that well? <laughs> no, 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 you're good. Sorry. I was we'll kind of saying like, what are your expectations in terms of a conclusion to the battle oh, sure. is what I should have said. So I see people on Twitter and, yeah. and on message boards kind of saying, oh, just go ahead and name the starter right now. Let's stop dragging this out. I would say no one should have the expectation to have any sort of quick conclusion to this battle, nor do you gain anything by having a quick conclusion. For one, yeah. let's play out the scenario that um, let's say Kate Hauser wins the job and they name him the starter in two weeks. All that does kind of really is it just ends the battle sooner, takes away some competitive drive from probably the guys that lose the job, maybe to the point where they even exit in, in the portal uh, sure. spring window. Yep. Um, so really there's not that much um, you get out of that. Um, I guess same, same, I guess if, if Peyton Thorne wins the job, it doesn't really help competition kind of gets ratcheted down. So now you take this all the way to November or sorry, um, um, August, and you have everyone battling to the, to the absolute core of their abilities all the way through. And, um, you get to see what everyone does after another summer working, um, by themselves, working with teammates, throwing timing, chemistry, all of that. Yep. You just get yourself more of a sample size to make sure you're making the right decision. Whether you announce the starter two weeks before the season internally, obviously I don't expect any sort of external announcement. Um, or, or now I don't think there's any benefit to doing it now. Do you agree with that? Or, or is that, well, not four, yeah, 4 trillion percent. I okay. agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I could very well see this being what they did two years ago and bring it all the way to kickoff of right. the Northwestern game where, you know, oh, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Thorne? Is it going to be Russo? And then, well, yeah, Thorne obviously wins the job. But, yeah, yeah the first game, September 2nd. I drag this out till September 1st for all I care. I mean, just like you said, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. Uh, yes, you do want some chemistry with the ones, but they are all getting equal reps. They all have been in this system for quite some time. It's not like you're getting a transfer who's meeting everyone for the first time here. I think everyone knows each other in that room. There's already some solid chemistry. I mean, you even saw Kate Hauser thrown with Keon in the offseason, yeah. and I'm sure that's not the only instance of that with the quarterback thrown a receiver in the offseason. So I, I think that might be a little overrated as a reason why to wrap this thing up quick so we could get established rapport with the one uh, the, or the first string, I should say. But yeah, yeah. so uh, tra drag this thing out. It is a good point, I'll though, by patient. you to, to bring that up. Yeah. I shouldn't overlook that. That is something you uh, – but I would say, like, whoever is leading, give them, like, 80% of the reps with the ones by the time you think that, hey, we have a leader here, even if you're not going to name it outright. So that is a good point. Reps with the ones That's fair. is one thing that clarity will give you. It'll it'll give the right guy the reps with the ones. So that's one bullet point. But other than that, I would, I would say it doesn't matter when you announce it, really. But good point there. I guess, Matt, what else does your eye go to when you think of spring camp? Off. 
Defensively, I mean, it's really hard to not look at that giant glaring hole that Jaden Reed has left. Mm -hmm. um, and this is something that Jay Johnson spoke about the other day as well. He highlighted two guys, Montori Foster and then Christian Fitzpatrick as well. Mm. Uh, do you lean one way or another? I mean, it's two good options. I mean, Montori Foster, good straight line speed downfield. Uh, Christian Fitzpatrick, six foot four, big body guy. Didn't really get to display a lot of that last year. Yeah. He was hurt for most of the season, but. I mean, those are two solid options. Of course, that's asking a lot to just step in for Jaden Reed. But, I mean, on the other side of the field, uh, Keon Coleman's probably going to take another yeah. massive step forward. So it's not like, okay, these are the guys I have to plug in for Jaden Reed. Like, right. no, it's just supplemental for the offense, but still yeah. very important positions. I think my read on that is when you have Montori Foster, and we've seen a little bit of him and how he tracks the ball, how he gets open yeah. deep down the field. If that's kind of your floor for that, third receiver spot that's you're in a you're in a good not spot bad. there not bad <laughs> now if Christian Fitzpatrick can can beat him out you're looking at a matchup problem where sure in the NFL a team might have two six two corners on the outside with range and speed and can cover two big body guys but in college for the most part you're probably not going to see that so you have a six four key on Coleman on one side uh, what is Fitzpatrick listed at six four? Is he even six five? Six yeah, he's, he's listed at six four. Six um, four. Okay, we can give yeah. him some tall cleats though. That's yeah. okay. So, yeah. so you got two of those guys on the outside, and they're legit six four at least. Oh, I I think you have a oh, big yeah. matchup problem at one of those two spots. So I, I'm intrigued by the idea of Christian Fitzpatrick. Um, his brother Des uh, was very successful at Louisville. Um, I don't know if he stuck with the Cowboys, but I know he was on their training camp roster and their preseason roster when he came into the NFL. But he's a guy that if he can hit that ceiling that, that he has, Michigan State could have something there. And, hey, if That'd not, Montoya Foster is there. And Tyrell Henry, I know, is making some strides yeah. behind the scenes. So. It's uh, interesting, very interesting, the options they have there. I'm excited for Tyrell Henry in the return yeah. game really quick. Just want to plug mm. that. I mean, I can't overstate that enough. He had some opportunities last year, and I just loved his vision. I mean, especially as young as a player as he was in the college game, I think another year will bode even more well for him. I know that Jaden Reed is a massive, massive guy to step in for in that role. So everyone be a little patient, but like, I still think he will be far beyond like an above average returner. Yeah. In Speaking of return game, game yeah. Justin White, before he, okay. before he transferred to Michigan State, I like this. back when he was on the West Coast, he was an electric punt returner. Okay. Um, so we'll see if we see some of that. They didn't need it last year because Jaden Reed was the guy back there. But we'll see. I, I haven't heard anything about that being an, a plausible yeah. sort of a scenario. But why not? Is is my my take on it? He was that good at it out in West, out on the West Coast. So speaking of West Coast kickoff return guys, Jalen Barberin as well, the guy that ran mm. like a seven point one in the hundred meter yeah. dash. Like let's do this is great. <laughs> it is not even April, and we are getting into the nitty gritty of who could be the backup kickoff returner for this Sensational. team. God, I love this. We're so back. Yeah, we're so back. Any, anything but, on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah. catch your eye by any chance for position battles because. A lot of these are kind of set in stone, but still with a lot of new-ish names, guys that took over for injured players last year. But The overall got? number one theme that sticks out to me about the Michigan State defense is the 2022 defensive back class. Mm -hmm. And I guess I shouldn't say the hit rate is high yet because most of the guys haven't really done anything yeah. yet. But the way they're projecting, the way their careers are projecting, I think that's extremely promising. I'm already hearing good things about Malik Spencer. Okay. We didn't get to see him a lot early in the season. He was, I think he was a little banged up, but we got to see him towards yep. the end. I believe he played quite a bit in the Illinois game. Um, so he's a guy that's going to have a very promising career here from the sounds of it. We already saw Jaden Mangum last year. He was the first guy coming in when, um, when Xavier Henderson got hurt. 
he's those two guys right now if they do not get a portal safety in the spring window mm-hmm. those two i would expect to probably be the starting safeties and um one of them as a true sophomore the other one as a redshirt freshman yep great youth great great hit rate in the 2022 dv class in that regard already then a little longer out some of these these guys may not start this year maybe they will but Dylan Tatum at nickel Caleb Coley at corner Malcolm Jones maybe at nickel or outside corner so those five guys right there from that class just very exciting heard good things about all of them in spring already and we'll see how many of them are the starters how many of them are in the two deep how many of them it might take another year but those guys right there that core defensive backfield from the 2022 class we're going to look back at that and say that's kind of the first step of Michigan State's homegrown talent under Mel Tucker, not needing the portal, where an entire class kind of just filled out the whole half, back half of the defense. That's kind of where I projected in, in a year or two. And some of those guys, maybe even this year. Oh, let's go. There we go. Love it. Also, yeah. kicker is uh, where I have my eye as well. <laughs> um, I, I don't care if you got to have 58 people out there just taking kicks. You know, just get go, go to the nearest frat, say, hey, who's the two best kickers here? Get them out for practice as well. So, yeah, I mean – a lot of position battles yeah. need to be sorted out here in the next well I, I was gonna say in the next weeks but no not really like you still do have that august period as well to sort right. some out but like let's get a good head start and well speaking of a head start too it is nice that this team is actually healthy yes. in the spring which oddly enough Huge. um you don't hear that a lot that hey we're actually dealing with a lot of health issues right now in the spring but yeah. as we all remember yeah that was the case last year so it's nice that they have more than four healthy offensive four healthy offensive linemen yeah for the spring i don't know i again i'm not the smartest tool in the toolbox but uh i think i think that smartest tool sharpest tool in the toolbox how about oh, that that's what it is yeah See, I, I just too. i just i just proved it right there that i'm not um <laughs> i think having more than four healthy offensive linemen yeah could help you yeah could just, help you the, call the, me old-fashioned the, the depth just a year later at offensive line is is off the charts because yeah first of all all those guys that some that didn't even enroll by that point last year the 2022 signees that came in the summer they weren't there last year first of all sure right the right. ones that were there they, had, they were there for like a month. They couldn't contribute much. Mm-hmm. Now you have those guys in the fold, and you have the 2023 signees who came in probably more ahead of the curve than any Michigan State offensive lineman in recent years. Stan Ramble, we know how, how he dominated at the um, Under Armour All-American game practices. Yep. That's been reported by neutral guys all over the uh, all over the recruiting industry. You're looking at a Juco guy in Keyshawn Blackstock. Cole Dellinger was pretty refined uh, as it was. So suddenly there's tons of depth in the O-line room. Um, pretty good talent as well. You have Duplain, Samak returning, obviously. Um, you have guys all over. You have Gino Vandemark and, and Kevin Wigginton and uh, Gavin Brocious and Chris Phillips battling for that right guard spot, really. So uh, Brandon Baldwin returning at tackle. Um, Spencer Brown returning at tackle. This is the most promising the Michigan State offensive line has looked in a long time. And I guess we'll see how that translates on the field this year because the starter level of that offensive line might not be elite. I don't know if you have multiple all Big Ten guys there, but the depth and the future and the potential there of what that room could look like, to me, might be the most exciting part of the current Michigan State roster. Love it. There we go. Do you want to talk about the future of offensive line right now do you want to dive into your recruiting roundup right now right yeah we can Let's do that nuts. yeah so i just got notes in front of me That's so yeah. probably not the best news but michigan state's uh longtime quarterback target jake merklinger will be committing tomorrow 
Um, I believe it'll most likely be Tennessee. That's Tennessee. what my crystal ball picked. Yeah, I just had to. I know. I know you have to do that. I don't have to though. It's Tennessee. <laughs> like I'll just I'll say it. Yeah, <laughs> you be diplomatic over there. I'll yeah. just I'll. Just, yeah. shoot you straight over here so, sounds like a plan it's so Tennessee. my crystal ball of nine left a lot of room for uncertainty as it was so. i don't know it was nine. Okay, <laughs> wow he's, he's but, already at tennessee then, <laughs> but uh <laughs> but uh yeah so that's a that's a recruitment that michigan state um obviously undeniably put a lot of effort into and it was a it was yeah. a player that they would have liked to have had however matt okay I history like okay. history yeah track records sure the last two classes have shown us jay johnson if he does not land his first choice quarterback, such as AJ Duffy in the 2021 class, sure, well, or that's a deep cut, yeah, or one of his first choice quarterbacks in Bo Edmondson doesn't project throughout his senior year the way you would expect, mm-hmm. and he has to go back to the drawing board for a variety of reasons. He gets Kayton Hauser, and he gets Sam Levitt. I would say that's okay. Yeah. yeah, I would say so. It's okay. So. <laughs> Again, granted, one of these times you do want to eventually land that guy that you were first on because Michigan State was Jake Merklinger's first offer. And yeah. that has been something that, that uh, Coach Johnson has been good at his entire time here, finding the guy. Even if you can't land him, it'll probably you'd have to put someone in the NFL before you can actually finally land one of those guys. So I'm not really holding that against him. But Cade Klubnik, I believe he was a second offer. Um, gotcha. There was four or five other quarterbacks that I've written about before that Jay Johnson was one of their first three offers. They were unranked. They ended up being top 150 guys, elite 11 guys. Jay can find guys with the best of them. Yeah. And he's landing guys that are just below that, I would say, in Hauser and Levin and some of these guys on paper on recruiting. Now we'll see what they develop into. That's kind of where the, the real coaches separate themselves. But if there was a position where Michigan State was going to lose a target and – Lost him much earlier than Jay has typically had yeah, to pivot, true. giving him much more time. Yeah. It would be here. So we'll see what he can do. He's earned the goodwill with his past two two pivots, and mm-hmm. we'll see what we'll see what happens here. Yeah, I'm not full DefCon one over. I mean, don't get me wrong; like it, it is right. a bummer, but like I'm not freaking out. Just you know, th- three steps here. One, okay, you have two good quarterbacks already in the room: Caden right. Hauser, Sam Levitt. All right, number two, just like what you said, he's a good evaluator. He can find someone late in the game, and also. Like, step three, if you really want to get desperate, uh, hey, do you know what's a position that is famously always in the portal with former five-star and four-star athletes? That would be the quarterback position. <laughs> so if you really have to get down to the nitty-gritty later on, I mean, hopefully it's not where you have to go, but it's it's not the worst option out there. I mean, how many times have we seen programs not just do it, but do it and be successful as well? So right. I, it is what it is. Uh, best of luck to them. Uh, mm-hmm. Go get them uh, down at Knoxville and, yeah, all that good stuff. Because yeah. we're friendly not, on this podcast. Not like there's anyone ahead of him, you know, that, that might get every benefit of the doubt down there at no $8 million quarterback. But I can't think of anyone. Hey, I mean, yeah, the, no, competitive, I the competitive spirit is, is admirable and wishing the best for Jake. And if that is his choice and um, good offense down there. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Speaking of competitive spirit, I like that segue you set up for me. Mm. Are you ready to go for three in a row in two facts, one is whack? I am starting to believe. Okay. Well, we're going to go back to the basketball court for this one as okay. well. Okay. So this has to do with a lot of stats at the end of the year as well. Tying it into also teams of the past, perhaps, with the first statement. Uh, sorry. Hey, if you're new to the show, welcome. What an episode to join us in. Three statements will be read. Two are facts. One is whack. Are you ready? Yes. Let's do it. Uh, statement number one, pretty easy. All right. No freshman this year played all 34 games for MSU this season. 
No freshman played all 34 games for MSU this season. Statement number two. This is the third time in the last five years MSU had three players shooting over 39% from three-point land. And this is the third time in the last five years that MSU has had three players shoot over 39% from three. This is amongst guys taking one attempt per game. So, for example, let's... Nick Ward, five years ago, wouldn't count. That's kind of what I'm talking about. Yeah, for that. correct. We're, we're not going to count yeah. that. Like, you have to be somewhat of a three-point shooter. Right. Um, Statement number three, this season was MSU's best team free throw percentage in the last 17 years. 17 is a lot of years. That is a lot of years. I, are you even 17? Were you even? Just just ahead. Just, just in the cutoff. 20, there 24. we go. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Barely. All right. Two of those were facts, Justin. One of them was whack. Are you going to get three in a row, you think? I'm not so sure. Okay. That's but. There we go. What was the first? The first one was no, um, no freshman. That one is true, I believe. I'm not locking that in. I'm just thinking aloud. Um, I know for sure that Carson Cooper and Jackson Kohler did not play in all 34 games. Most likely, now. I, okay, I probably shouldn't say for sure because now that facial expression is making <laughs> it sound like I'm I'm down the wrong road. But so, um, who's to say? I would say. Um, again, not locking this in. The second one seems to me tentatively to be the one that is whack because some of those teams, especially that Aaron Henry team, that kind of is, is one of those seasons where I would say, hey, there probably weren't three. Um, both of those kind of teams after Cash just left. So that kind of gives you very little margin for error with the two teams before that along with this year's team. Um Free throw shooting wise, I know towards the end they kind of took a dip. I think they ended in the 50s or 60s, but ah, uh, yeah. I, you know what? I'm gonna say that's the one that's whack. They had to have had a team where they finished in the top 50 in free throw shooting in the last 17 years. So the free throw shooting is whack. Is that your guess? That's my guess. Ah, uh, <laughs> what a run it was! Two in a row. That's okay. Was it the middle one that was whack? No, it was the first one. Really? That no freshman played all 34 games for MSU this season. Trey and Jackson both did play all 34 really? games. Yeah, that, that's what ESPN.com is telling me, at least. If you can find any game tape where neither took the court. But, yes, they did play in all 34 games this season. Uh, statement number two was true. This was the third time in the last five years MSU had three guys over 39% from three. It was Aikens, Walker, Hauser. And then last season, they had four guys do this. Marcus Bingham, Malik Hall, Tyson Walker, Joey Hauser. And then the 18-19 season, you had Langford, McQuaid, and Winston all shooting above 39%. The third statement, the free throw one, that was true as well. They shot 75.9% from the stripe. That is the best since the 2005-2006 season. And that season, they were just a tick over 76%. So this was uh, a banner year for them at the free throw line. I believe they were like ranked 40 in the nation this year. So that's uh, yeah, they were. The yeah, they I think they yep. were 47th before the tournament started. And then the USC game took them down a few spots. And then I don't think I checked that. I think that, the so. Kansas State game, they shot it really oh, well, too. So that, that probably helps good things. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Um, so uh, so now I've fallen to two and seven for those that are watching for the first time. Uh, I feel like that sometimes. But hey, you know, those two were fun. Yeah. Those two were yeah. fun. Good for you. Should we, should we get the heat off of us? Should we bounce into Owen for yes. our Spartan Dog of the Week? That's right. Usually it's us doing Spartan yeah. Dog of the Week, but mm, no. We're having the man with the million dollar face do it this week. Let's go, baby. Take us to church, Owen. 
All right. Well, it's officially spring season now with uh, Michigan State basketball being done. And MSU baseball has been absolutely hitting the cover off the baseball. Um, They're on a three-game winning streak at the moment. Mm -hmm. On Sunday, they played a doubleheader against Purdue. They won both games, 5-4 and then 12-6. They went to Kalamazoo yesterday and beat Western Michigan 8-6. And just want to run through some of the offensive stats for Michigan State right now. I don't know how familiar you guys are with baseball, but Brock Vradenberg, he's betting 451. He's started in every single game. He has six home runs, 31 RBIs. Jack Frank, he homered yesterday, four home runs, 20 RBIs. He's batting just below 300. Sam Bush, he's batting 333, three home runs, 23 RBIs. Dylan Clark, three home runs, 14 RBIs. Just about everyone up and down the lineup. And then, of course, we've got future Major League player, possibly Mitch Jeb, who's going to be going in the draft, 11 RBIs, batting 329. He is 9 for 10, stolen bases. Just about every starter on Michigan State has been absolutely hitting the baseball out of the park and just been all over the place. Um, so we'll see if that continues, but it's definitely a reassuring sign. So they definitely deserve Spartan Dog of the Week. Love to hear it. Thanks, Owen. That's good to hear. 451 batting average. That's, that's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's okay. That kind of starts intentional walking that guy after, after I like would. that. They do. They do. <laughs> they have been. So. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Let's cut to the chase. He's getting on base anyway, it sounds yeah, like. So, yeah, there we well. go. Yeah. Love him, man. Hey, Owen, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate yeah. it, Owen. Owen always delivers. Never on schedule, always on time, though. He is he's the man. Owen is the, the hardest working man in East Lansing. Yep. No question about it. So. Got all the sports covered. All of the sports covered. And do we do we cover everything too? I believe so. Oh god, that's that's it. That's the end. Yeah. I think um that kind of puts a bow on the show. Um opening days tomorrow, Matt. You excited for the Tigers? No. <laughs> I used to love baseball. I used to love the Tigers, and now I the Detroit Tigers have taken my love of baseball away from me. Like, that's how miserable the last, like, seven years have been. Um, we don't have time to get into all this right now. This would take another hour of therapy if, if I really wanted to unload everything. But, like, I, no one cares. No one cares how I feel. I just know that I'm not ready for baseball. And Not taking a day off to go down to Comerica Park or actually if they're away, then the away stadium in that case, I take yeah. it. Yeah, no, they're at Tampa tomorrow. Should, oh, okay. should go great. Yeah, it's going to be... <laughs> Go Tigers! Go get no. This is why I need spring ball in my life. <laughs> Just to uh, have a distraction. I was I was the same way from about 2013. Yeah. Actually, I I should say 2011 when Ryan Howard tore his Achilles running to first base on the Phillies' final oh, playoff appearance. Oh, that's a tough. Yeah. In, that's... in 2011, all the way until probably the day that Bryce Harper uh, signed with the Phillies. I was out on baseball for like six years. I don't blame you. Forgot half the forgot most of the people in the league. But then at the same time, it's baseball, so there's longevity, yeah. and you turn on the sport, and you still have like Jed Lowry playing for the Red Sox, sure. like ten years after you last watched the sport. Bobby you're like, Bray hey, still in the Phillies, yeah, <laughs> right. It's great, it's awesome. Um, so there was some familiarity, but now now I'm all the way back in, and I'm excited to watch the Phillies defend the National League pennant this year on the way to winning the World Series um, this October. So I'm rooting for you guys. I, Phil, Phillies are a very fun team. I gotta say, like I found myself rooting for you guys in October. Um, not just to pander right to you. I, I genuinely mean that. But, yeah, like, go get them, Tigers. <laughs> like, you wonder why my hairline is, like, so horrible. It's because, like, I've had to deal with these guys for the last however many years. I don't, even, I, don't, I don't know what was worse either. Like, the last seven years of just <laughs> drivel or that 10-year World Series window where they never actually got it done. I don't know what was more painstaking. Would you rather be that close to the end zone 
and just keep on fumbling the ball in the one yard line, or would you rather just be in parking lot K, not even in the stadium <laughs> of of your dreams? Like, I, I don't know. Luckily, we've gotten to experience both, and they're both terrible. So, yeah, yeah. So, so no. Thanks for the question, Justin. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled for Tiger Space. Well, tomorrow. Matt, you guys have the um, farm system to look for. Oh, never mind. And <laughs> with that, him. I'm gonna punch him in the throat <laughs> once we're done recording. So, <laughs> with that, oh. that does um, put a bow on this week's episode of the SD Farrell Show, and we will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>